Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Sunday, February 13th. It was Survival Saturday at the 2022 Division I Women National Indoor Championships. Hopefully, all of you listeners to this podcast are tuning in to our broadcasting of the event. We have first ball to last coverage over on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Myself, Mike Cation, Daniel Westoff, steering you through the opening national championship event of this 2022 dual match season of course it's our first look at the top 16 teams all in one location and what a day of tennis we had on saturday dramatic finishes come from behind performances stand out upsets first time accomplishments in program history we hit just about everything you'd look to hit throughout what was again an extraordinary day two of the event and joining me on today's podcast to help recap day two and set the scene for semi-final sunday is the man i always turn to when we're talking college tennis here on this podcast of course you know him best as your co-favorite writer on our website, CrackedRackets.com, founder of the No Ad, No Problem blog, and a man who I think is replacing me with Joey Dillon as his co-host moving forward. <laughs> it is my friend, John J. Parsons. Jay, welcome back to the show. What a day. What a day. What a day. Look, I just thought you and Westoff would be busy on the ones and twos, <laughs> getting ready for the semifinals tomorrow. But no, I am excited for that space uh, tomorrow on Twitter. But man, what a day today. These quarterfinals, you know, indoors always seems to deliver, right? It's the first tournament of the year where you're getting kind of the top teams in the country and just match after match, just such high quality results, historic results. And I mean, I'm excited to break it all down. There's a desperation to the NCAA tournament because it's win or go home, obviously. And you see in those final moments when a team's down, you know, a doubles point in four first sets or whatever it may be, there's that final push. There's always a push in a match where it's win or go home. At the national indoors, it's a little bit different, right? Because, of course, you're guaranteed three matches throughout the weekend. But it's also so early in the season that for so many of these teams, they don't have those instincts. They don't have those calluses or they're developing it for the first time. And so... You know, you see these waves, whether it be, you know, in today's matches, first of all, Virginia, uh, I mean, UNC, excuse me, what a wave they had in the start and through the course of their performance in singles. And that's the first time to get to see this group make a push like that after dropping a doubles point. That's just something you don't see. You know, at, at the NCAA tournament, excuse me, you've seen it a couple of times. You have a better idea of what to expect. You just haven't seen it before at the national indoors or that NC State Georgia match. Like both of those teams, the various pushes, the millions of missed break point chances in that Texas Oklahoma match for both of those teams who relatively young groups coming together for Oklahoma, obviously first time on the scene for Texas. It's worth remembering. It's all sophomores or younger in the lineup for them in singles and doubles. And so, yeah, it was an extraordinary day. We hit just about everything you'd hope to hit as a fan of college tennis on our broadcast. And again, we will be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Time. That's the time zone I'm in right now, so that's what I'm speaking. I apologize with our coverage of a consolation match. Then we'll have two semifinals. Then we'll have our nightcap consolation match as well. Again, Mike Cation, Daniel Westoff, and myself steering your coverage over on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. But on this show, we're recapping day two at the ITA National Indoor Championships. We're going to focus on the main draw action because, of course, that is what we were covering on our Crack Rackets broadcast. Thus, I got to see the most uh, of that. I got to see all of that action, but I did get to see some consolation matches. I'm sure you have some thoughts on them, so I want to hit on that at the end. We'll go through chronologically. We'll preview our two morning quarterfinal results, a uh, uh, recap, excuse me, then preview our first semifinal tomorrow. We'll hit the back half as we go through the show 
With all of that said, of course, a shout-out, as always, to our friends at Tennis Point. You all know the deal, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest equipment at the best possible prices, tennis-point.com. That promo code is CR15. Enough with the plugs, Jay. Let's get to today's podcast. And again, we're going to go chronologically here. So let's start with your two-time defending champions at this event and your number two seeds, North Carolina who faced their first adverse moment of this season. You look for the Tar Heels. They were thoroughly outplayed. They didn't lose the doubles point. UVA took it to them to open out this match. And you look for Navarro and Amber O'Dell at the number one double spot for UVA. That was a 6-1 win for them against Florida yesterday, a 6-3 win for them over ITA Fall National Champs, Fiona Crawley, Elizabeth Scotty, in a match where they went up a break early. Crawley and Scotty got it back only for Navarro and Odell to break back immediately at 4-5-3, serve it out at 6-3. They were ahead from the start. They closed it out at the top. Number three doubles went the way we expected. That was the one bright spot if you're UNC. Sanford Tran, just as good as we thought. 6-3 win for them over Munera and Shake. But number two doubles, Chervinsky and Subash, after, we can say candidly, blowing their match against Florida. They had two match points. Travinsky has volleys on top of the net at the end of that match, unable to put away either of them. They did get up an early break, and they're not broken. In a match, they take 6-4 over Cam Mora, Carson Tangillig, excuse me. And yeah, like just UVA straight up beat him in that doubles point, Jay. Yeah, uh, to the surprise of many, I think, right? I mean, the three doubles pairings that you walk through for UNC are all really strong. We've talked about that on a few of the episodes, just the strength of those three pairs. And doubles has not been a strength for UVA. We've seen them drop the doubles point a few times this season and have against to come back. Stanford in the kickoff Stanford. weekend. And of yep. course, against Florida, they dropped it. Exactly. And so they've been, you know, back up against the wall trying to get four, of which they've done in both of those matches. And so you felt like, Doubles was a must against UNC, so you don't have to try and take four. And they do it. And they, I thought what was most impressive about the manner in which they did it is I thought they brought a lot more energy out, out of the gate in doubles than UNC, which yes. in some ways was surprising because I think you know this UNC team has just looked so strong in doubles. So I think if you're UVA, you feel really good about taking that doubles point and you erase everything else that happens after. Yeah completely fair and you know i think shout out to the unc tar heels for doing exactly that with the doubles point and you talk about the energy virginia brought at the start of the match they played like someone who's trying to usurp the throne of unc obviously unc has been the team to beat not only at the you know in the acc conference but perennially they haven't lost a regular season match since 2019 they haven't lost a conference match uh since i believe the 2018 season when they lost at Duke and just they have been the standard of what is possible match in match out in college tennis over these past five ten fifteen really you know ten five years is where we're going to focus on here but you know this group definitely came out a bit nonchalant against Virginia and Virginia capitalized on that and they were hungry and I think Crawley and Scotty did wake up but it was just a little bit too late and again at number two doubles for UVA breaks right out of the gate and they hold that the rest of the way you have to credit the Tar Heels uh, excuse me the Cavaliers they just outplayed them at one and two doubles no ifs ands or buts about it but what was so impressive for this UNC team who ultimately earns a 4-1 victory in this match the the nonchalant attitude they had at the start of doubles was erased by the time singles began. And we have to start this conversation with a talk about Elizabeth Scotty, who's dropped what? Four games, five games in the four sets that she's played here, a one in one victory over an Elaine Chervinsky, who has been outstanding in the top three of the lineup. And, you know, watching her yesterday, she might be, you know, worthy is the wrong word, but maybe she should play against uh, above Subash. Like with the power tennis that she's able to play and particularly indoors when she's playing on her serve, hitting the big uh, terms, hitting the big serve, hitting the big forehand. Travinsky is that good. And Elizabeth Scotty just wiped her off the court. Yeah, I mean, she did that yesterday against Boulet as well, right? And who was it's also in, playing so well. Who was also playing incredibly well. I mean, Scotty didn't play much in the fall. She played a handful of matches of which we saw these same score lines, right? It was like one and one, one and two against the Kelly Chens of the world and, and high quality competition. And here we are at indoors. I mean, just steamrolling through these matches. 
And, and it was like thought, 45 minutes. It wasn't even like, a, oh, there were deuce points and it wasn't actually one-on-one. No, no, no. Right. This was one-on-one. This was a one-on-one victory. I mean, this was a, a this was a step above who, as you mentioned, Travinsky has been playing so well. Um, right. I just think back to that Stanford match, and she's someone who has hung tough in a lot of these matches when UVA has needed her, and she's came in extremely clutch, and there was just no room for her to wiggle her way into in that match. And so... Scotty's playing outstanding. It looks like she's healthy. If you're UNC, you hope she stays healthy this whole season because what an asset to have. And we talked about this yesterday, but there are a handful of these UNC players who just seem to be dominating through these first two matches that I think we're going to see after indoors a, a shuffling of this lineup. Yeah, it's going to be hard to deny Elizabeth Scotty if healthy. Shouldn't she be the top player on this team? Although, We'll get to the Mora performance. I actually thought she played really well today. She finally played free. I haven't seen Cam Mora play free and as the challenger in so long. And, you know, again, when you're playing the number one player in the country, de facto number one defending NCAA champion in Emma Navarro, there is no pressure in that match. You are not expected to win it. And look, Navarro came out steamrolled during the first set 6-1. And that was an incredibly impressive set of tennis from Emma Navarro. And there were a bunch of deuce points throughout the course of that 6-1 set. But it was top to bottom for UNC. Mora performed really, really well up 5-4 in that second set when the match ends. Riley Tran down, what was it, 5-2? I believe, in that first set uh, against Natasha Subash, and maybe it was even 5-1, rips off, you know, uh, four consecutive games and, you know, ultimately forces a first set breaker, doesn't let Virginia run away with two quick first sets and keep things in, you know, keeps things interesting there, stops their momentum. And then I know a wise analyst who perhaps suggested that it was three through six, not two through five, that was the strength of this UNC lineup. And I mean... Ken Gillig has just been so good as a freshman. And, you know, it was three all against Ziadato through those first six games. And then she wins nine of the next 11, six, three, six, two, first one off the court. And, you know, or excuse me, second one off the court, trailing only Annika Yarlagata, who is making the most of that opportunity to play in her first national indoors. And of course, we Michiganders, particularly we from West Bloomfield, we know how to play indoor tennis on fast courts. And I, I will just say this. Because we grew up on the same courts, so I feel like we have this in common. And I played club tennis on these Madison courts throughout the course of my college experience. This is where regionals was. I always played my best tennis in Madison because these courts are so much slower than the courts we grew up training on. And it just – you feel like you have all of the time in the world. And you look at mm-hmm. Anika Yarlagata. I mean she took it to Heba Shake. 6-1, 6-love yep. victory was dictating from start to finish. And then, of course, Fiona does her thing you feel like her at number four is perhaps the lock of locks in all lineups unless Janice Chen starts playing like she did today uh six two six three four Crawley over Munera to clinch and again four first sets two four five six all straight set victories four one about two two and a half hours they're resting up Scotty's only spent two hours on court through her first two matches yes they dropped a doubles point but if you're Coach Calvis, right, pretty ideal first two days for the heels. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, let's just split the difference. <laughs> I said I said two through five. You said three through six. Let's both be right. Two, two through six. I'm in. I'm in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this this is ideal. And by I the mean, way, let me just say, if Mora's going to play like she played today, we can rehab. Like, even if they switch Scotty Mora, you're starting to feel really good about Cam Mora if this is the level she's showing. Yeah, I think that remains to be seen for me. Um, so I need to see a little bit more from Mora to, to, to say that. Uh, I mean, I think UNC feels good to get the victory. It was interesting. We were talked about the UVA kind of four, five, and six, and they have made inroads there, but North Carolina just shut the door so quickly um, on four, five, and six that they really, it was just a runaway train, right? When singles started. And that, that was kind of all she wrote in terms of this match. And if you're Coach Calbus, yeah, you feel great, right? You look at all these other matches today, particularly your next opponent, and you're going, these teams have been out there in slugfests. Mm-hmm. And what, we were back at the hotel for, for lunch, right? <laughs> so it, th- that alone is going to pay dividends for these teams. They're going to have to play a third straight match tomorrow. 
and maybe even the fourth in the final. And, and that's when it gets really tough on the body. I actually love that you framed it that way. Brian and Joey Calbus are talking after the match. And Brian's like, did you put in the lunch order yet? Or Joey's like, I'm going to put in the lunch order. And Brian's like, ah, just wait till we get to the hotel. And then we'll worry about the lunch because maybe yeah. we want to nap first before we eat a big meal. Um, yeah, those are the options they've had. They've been able to have those sorts of discussions because, again, they were competitive everywhere. Top to bottom, Mora all the way through to Yarlagata. This is a team that looked like they will be worthy of being named national indoor champions. And so, again, credit to the Heels, 4-1 over Ohio State, 4-1 now over UVA. They're into the semifinals where they get a familiar foe. And the strength of the ACC has been a storyline here in college tennis over the past 24, 36 months. And, you know, that story continues here into 2022 as ultimately it is NC State advancing to their first national indoor semifinal in program history. And I've stressed this repeatedly on our broadcast. What this national indoors boils down to is blue bloods versus new bloods. UNC epitomizing a blue blood in women's college tennis, particularly again over the past five, 10 years. Over that same span and throughout the coaching tenure of head coach Simon Earnshaw for these NC State women, NC State epitomizes the new blood. And you look for them last season, yes, they missed out on the final eight at the National Indoors falling 4-3 to Northwestern early in the season. But NCAA semifinalists, the year prior in 2020, I will continue to argue UNC won at that National Indoors NC State and UCLA were as good as each other. Like it was that impressive, NC State at in 2020. And just, you know, you look at this group, it's the fact that it's new people. It's, you know, it's the Negrojos of the world. Nell Miller, who was so freaking good today. And just Coach Earnshaw has himself a program. When you're able to plug and play new pieces, find yourself in the national indoor semifinals after another 4 2 win over Georgia, the system works, Jay. The system works for Coach Earnshaw. Yeah, and it reminds me of, um, you know, when they do the rankings of, like, best college football jobs, which we've done on the, on the tennis side. And oftentimes it's said, like, if different coaches can win within the same program, it's a testament to the program. That's a program you want to work for. For me, this coach Earnshaw, his ability to do this with different players coming in through this program is a testament to this program that they have a system that we've talked about that works they've been able to bring these players in whether it's transfers who have four years of experience elsewhere or people um like negrojo who has a few weeks uh, of experience so credit to nc state they have established themselves and i loved your tweet with alana smith out there hitting forehands what a flex right <laughs> to say we're in the semifinals and oh yeah that's the player who would be playing number one so a huge credit to this program for for making it this far new blood through and through and they're shining on the national stage and it deserves to be a program shout out because you look at what kyle spencer is doing on the men's side just brought in the number one recruiting class in the country and you know clearly uh they are on the rise and they've had a good start to this season we'll talk about the men later on this week but you know again you talk about the program at a certain point we do have to give credit to the man running the ship and you look for simon earnshaw who ripped off multiple national championship, multiple undefeated national championship winning teams while the head coach of both the men and women at Armstrong Division II school prior to arriving at NC State, he's got it. Like he's got it now with this program. They are humming and you look for them that epitomized in that performance, their 4-2 win today against Georgia was in the doubles point. Highway robbery and credit to Coach Earnshaw, funny as always, who says, I hope I don't get charged with a crime for stealing that doubles point when we talked about it uh, to him after the match. Again, he's got the answers. He's got the program. (laughs) He's got it all right now. Simon Earnshaw is who you want to be winner in the month of February. Um, You know, because Rafa won Earnshaw two. Um, Actually, Barty Barty and Rafa tied for one. So Earnshaw three. Anyways, uh, you look for this doubles point, uh, you know, UGA blitzes. At number one doubles, Hertel and Kopik, they're good. They're top 10 good. And another strong performance for them, 6-2 over a very good team in Rinchelli and Rejecki. But then again, like Nair and Negroho, it was a pick it was a pick 'em sort of match. Ultimately, Nair and Negroho get the late break, they come through. But Vita Minova and Riasco were working 
Miller and Jada Daniel. And, you know, they have, uh, they had the opportunity to serve for this match. And I believe it was eight match points, I want to say they had, uh, or something like that. Maybe it was six. Yeah. Yeah, Something it, like six clinch points. Yeah, it six was, opportunities to clinch it. And on one of them, Mel Riasco, who is playing with such freedom and so loose, misses this wild poach. Forehand goes wide and long. And it was a great move and it was the right decision. But she misses that one. And then on the next point, she misses another one. And you could just see it started to sneak into her head and some tentativeness emerging for Vita Manova and Riasco, who were both obviously freshmen in their first national indoor quarterfinal and their fourth dual match of the season, taking on two seniors in Nell Miller and Jada Daniel and Nell freaking Miller. Nell freaking Miller, Jay. That's all I have to say. Nell freaking Miller. Like, oh my God, was she good today. Yeah, I'm in both doubles and, and singles. But how about the Jada Daniel right-handed forehand poach on match point? I know, and I, um, I know. I yes, yes, yeah. So I mean, that was that was on that that was on a match point. It was like the five three deuce. Uh, for those who don't know, Jada Daniel is left-handed. She poaches on her backhand side, hits a forehand poach unreturned to get to 5-4, and then they continue to win the next three games. So, I mean, that was a wild turn of events just throughout that set. And I can see it now as you're saying it, and that's why I freaked out. I also was about to drop an F-bomb, and then I realized why stuff said I have minimal ed- editing in me, so please don't do that. Um, match point. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And I don't think people – like, watching the clip – you're like, oh, it just looks like it looks like a great forehand poach. And you're like, wait, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Can so we hashtag SC top 10 and say she's a lefty. Yeah, we should. I mean, yeah. I, I tweeted I, I, I grabbed the clip, uh, tweeted that one out. That was an incredible play. Um, so I, I think you're right on the experience side of that. Right. I mean, they Vibinova Riasco came out so strong and just the aggression from Riasco. And you're right. A few of those. Uh, volleys a few of those forehands didn't go her way and all of a sudden you could see her start to second guess herself and i just thought daniel and nell miller hung so tough nell miller came up with a few great shots late in that set and ultimately they came away with that doubles point and you know i thought georgia did a good job to to bounce back after that doubles point but man it's just tough to bounce back when you feel like it was stolen from you in a lot of ways yeah it's I mean, and that sort of set a tone right away for yeah. NC State and, again, Nell Miller, who was nailing some just ridiculous low volleys through the end of that doubles and just the poaching, how explosive she was, how confident she was hitting the overhead as well. Again, NC State steals the doubles point, and then we go into singles. And, you know, for this NC State team, there are so many new pieces, Negroho, Miller, Abrams, none of whom played last season, and obviously Rancelli, Jada Daniel, going from four and five singles to, or excuse me, five and four singles to two and one singles, if you want to go by name there. It's all new pieces. They're without Alana Smith, and yet you look outside of that number one single spot where Leah Ma just played excellent today and Jada Daniels could not hurt her ma 6-2-6-1 victory and State was competitive everywhere and they're without their number one singles player Jay it's just again I know I'm in hyperbole mode it's because I think critical analysis I used it all in the 14 hours Um, but they were that good yeah and and we'll get to that as well when we talk about Oklahoma but just being without Alana Smith I actually thought if you haven't listened to coach Earnshaw's interview that you did um, people listening to this should definitely hear his thoughts on kind of what the absence of Alana Smith has done for this team it's kind of given everyone a clear defined role and hey forced them to step up in ways that maybe they wouldn't have if Alana Smith was in the lineup and it's clear that they've done that so Obviously, they came away with a quick doubles point. And then, you know, I thought, you know, Priska uh, Negrohu at, at three singles, Nell Miller at four, got straight set victories to kind of counterbalance the the really surprising win from Leah Ma at one. And that's kind of set the tone for the, the other teammates who were kind of fighting there in third sets. People, by the way, say I can't podcast and tweet if you're watching on the video. She's a lefty. <laughs> SC Top 10, I can podcast and tweet. I yeah. Don't- 
think anyone accuses you of doing that. Well, <laughs> you, I, you're very yeah. capable of tweeting uh, and podcasting. I think I do it openly at this point. Uh, no, I mean it starts with Nell Miller, who was the first point off the board, who yep. ran out to a four-love lead over Hurdle at number four and ultimately was a 6-4, 6-1 win at Miller. But I can't emphasize enough how – valuable that 4-0 lead was just to again provide some sort of comfort in a match that was a toss-up from the start and then oh my god Negroho versus Vidmanova and our friend Mike Cation rips off the tape he, he sees Negroho as an all-american this season he sees her as working her way into the top two of the singles lineup you know I think even with Alana Smith although I'm sure he didn't factor that into his prediction but Watching her play today, and she's a former top 20 junior in the world, a January edition for Coach Earnshaw, who when we interviewed him in November, teased the fact that he had a couple late things in the queue. We didn't know it was going to be Negroho. She's just so smooth, so fluid, willing to move forward, comfortable playing indoor tennis, comfortably hits the volleys. I think two and three doesn't do this match justice. It felt like a five and five, five and six sort of match. Like Vidmanova had plenty of chances in this one, and I'm still all in on Vidmanova, who was able to play. You know, it's funny because Vidmanova is seven inches taller than Negroho, something like that, and yet it was Negroho who was more comfortable hitting the approach shot, putting the volleys away. I mean, Miller and Negroho were spectacular today, and then again, it was let's find a fourth point, and, you know, somehow. Sophie Abrams knocks off Morgan Kopic, who was what seventeen and five last season, something crazy like that. And you know, for Abrams to come in six four in the third, credit to Rejecki at six. I don't want you mean to take away from Georgia here because again, Leah Ma was excellent. Meg Kowalski, who earns a six four in the win, yeah, it it got too complicated. Credit to Rejecki for just staying out there yeah. and providing that support for Abrams. But again, take it away. Floor is yours. Your final thoughts on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think that Rejecki point is a good one. I think she was down pretty big in that third she set. She was down 5-0. Was it 5-0? Okay, I yeah. thought maybe 4-0. So, yeah. And at that point, it was 3-1 NC State. And so, you know, if you're Georgia, you have to take all three. And there's a big difference between looking around and saying, we need three versus we need two. And so she hung around, and I believe she was playing right on the court next to um, – uh, Sophie Abrams, who ended up getting the clinch, right? So for her to stay alive and take the pressure off of Abrams, I think was a huge asset. And that Abrams Copic match was a slugfest <laughs> between the two of them. Uh, and I thought it was, I thought it was incredible effort from Abrams to come through. But ultimately, Abrams hit the ball so big. She just every backhand absorbing anything Copic would give her. And Copic was turning into her forehand. Oh my God. And the energy she brought point in, point out. What a performance from Kopik, who I, you know, I actually, even coming out of this loss, I feel way better about Georgia than I did yeah. coming into the weekend. Like, they actually are that good. I was wrong to be a Georgia skeptic. I think, you know, I think AM's right there with them, but they're co favorites, those two, on a tier of their own in the SEC. Yeah. And I think that was one of the big differences in that Negrohu Vidmanova match. It just felt like Negrohu, at least, has been in the college. NC State has played more matches than Georgia there before Negrohu has played more collegiate matches than Vidmanova. And I think that paid off. And so ultimately, I think this is a big difference between playing your, what, eighth, ninth, tenth match of the season versus playing your fourth. But ultimately, the talent is definitely there for Georgia, particularly some of those freshmen who. If this is what they look like in February, where will they be in May? They're gonna there. There's gonna be a step change for some of those freshmen, and you also think that Kopic, Liam Ma, you know Kowalski, these veterans are also just gonna continue to find their form as they move outdoors and and head towards May. Yeah, and let's be clear. Mel Riasco had so many chances to close out Rinchelli and served for the match at number two singles. Rinchelli able to stay alive that match five all in the third when things ended, although momentum, in my opinion, was with Rinchelli and NC State on that court at the time. But, you know, Riasco played her even. And Vita Manova, you're right. It's not even match play. It's deuce points. It's just like let Vita Manova yeah. play 100 deuce points between now and May and see how much better she is in yeah. this match. And then – like, Leah Ma today proved it. When she plays her – just like Jada Daniel couldn't hurt her. It was incredible to see. And there was a fire in Leah Ma today yeah. that I hadn't seen before. Like, I really – vocal fire. Yeah, and like, again, Georgia should have freaking won the doubles. How did they lose that doubles point? Like, if anything, if you're Coach Wallace, you look at the team and say, look, if we win doubles, we win this match. It's that simple. And we were – 
we had literally one point away six different times from taking the yeah. doubles point. We, I think you can. There's a lot. I think this is a really good loss. I know that sucks to say. It's a really good loss for this young Georgia team. And yeah, my takeaway is that they are indeed that good. But now, and obviously that Georgia match against UVA going to be really fun tomorrow. That's a round of 16 rematch from last year as well. Poor Georgia. That's just like gauntlet. Um, I mean, here down the stretch, it's like we really got to see the same faces again, right. the people yeah. who have all these feelings about us. Um, but you know, now it's UNC, NC State. And yep. obviously – these are two teams with very a few secrets between each other. Now, obviously, it's a lot of new faces, but Coach Earnshaw, Coach Calvis, they know what to expect. You know who knows the NC State system and seems to have had the you know equation to crack it? Brian Calvis. And in fairness, that equation was just like, yeah, let's throw Sarah Davitella at it and we'll be fine. Um, but, I mean, when you look at this match, match calculus, preview, prediction, what you got, Jay? Yeah, look, I think this is going to be a close one. And I've just been so impressed with either NC State has dominated doubles or they have found ways to win. And so to me, what they showed today is they might not be playing their best doubles. They might not be running away with it, but they came up big. And so, look, I, I got to lean NC State in doubles here. I think they bring some of the same momentum that UVA brought today. They're going to be hungry and fired up, ready to go for UNC. UNC is talented in dubs, but if NC State wants a shot in this match, they've got to take dubs. When it comes to singles, I see two spots where I lean NC State, and that's at one and that's at three. So I know Jada Daniel lost to Cam Mora at the end of the fall. I think she bounces back from that tough loss today uh, from Leah Ma. And then I think Negrohu gets the better of Riley Tran if that match actually finishes. Yeah. And then I assume you're going the other way. Yeah, and then on on the flip side, so if if UNC loses dubs, I think that's okay because I actually think I I favor them in four of the six singles matches, and that's two, four, five, and six, right? So where they just looked so strong today against Virginia, uh, Elizabeth Scotty against um, uh, Abigail Ranchali, I I got to link Scotty, and then, you know, Crawley, Yarla got it six, and, um, you know, Carson Tanjula get five. You know, I Ken got, Gillig I gotta, I gotta is, go. by the way, Ten Gillig. That's what I learned. Ten Gillig. Yeah. Got so it. that's okay. good to know. Um, look, I would even favor, ten, I mean, like, Ten Gillig at five. You just wonder how much does Abrams have left in the tank after what was such a physical three set match. Yeah. Meanwhile, again, the heels have been in bed before lunch to take that pre lunch nap. And just yeah. from a, I, I think in this match, because NC State was pushed by Auburn in their first match, 4 yep. 2 victory, pushed again here. Mm-hmm. Nell Miller played great. But she plays Fiona Crawley. Like, yep. that's an issue. Scotty has been so freaking good at two. Yep. You just love her. And then again, at six, like, you know, that was a, a three-set match ultimately for Rejecki. And yep. now she faces Yarlagata, who's coming off of an 0-1 victory. I agree with you. All momentum signs. And it just feels like on this particular day, UNC is the favorite. But for NC State, here's the thing. Yes, you say that about the legs. But guess who's across the net from you? It's the big bad UNC. It's the blue blood who has tormented you throughout this rise. It's the team you know you have to beat to do all the things you want to do as a, as a program, win the ACC conference, get to the national indoor championship. All roads are going to lead through UNC eventually. Yep. Uh, getting this UNC team now is going to be great for this NC State team come April and May. But just again, given the circumstances, yes, they're going to ha- get their energy up. I think they can absolutely take the doubles point, although you always worry about a UNC team post-losing the doubles point. When's the last time they lost two doubles points in a row? It's probably been a while. Or maybe – did they lose to Duke in the doubles point and to UCL uh, and to Pepperdine in the doubles point quarterfinal semifinal? So maybe it hasn't been a while actually. No, they – no, because Pepperdine was the first time they had lost the doubles okay, point so in perfect. Like 23 matches. Okay, so perfect. You made my point for me. I appreciate that. The point is they don't lose doubles twice in a row often. It's going to be fun, though. It's going to be really, really fun. And that is our first quarterfinal of our semifinal tomorrow, of course. We've got to break down our two other quarterfinals preview. Semifinal number two offer our other thoughts on the day's consolation matches. Before we do that, got to get to a quick word from our sponsor, but stick around. We will be right back with more from day two at the ITA. National Indoor Championships. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And we're back with our coverage of day two of the 2022 ITA Division I Women's National Indoor Championships. Alex Gruskin joined, as always, by the man John J. Parsons himself. We pick things up with our afternoon quarterfinal matches. And look, we'll start off with a match that says 4-1 on the scoreline. It certainly felt like a 4-3 match while watching. And that, of course, is a reference to the number five seed Pepperdine Waves, who pull a cow on themselves. Cal Berkeley going to Pepperdine in the first week of the season, dropping the doubles point before ultimately earning a 4-3 victory over the Waves. This time, it was Cal came out on fire, and they got punked in the doubles point in their round of 16 match against Texas A&M. Not this time. Giovara, Ivanov, excellent in a 6-4 victory over Lisa Zar, uh, Lisa Zar and Vicky Flores. And then Rosenquist and Richardson, it was a weird match, but ultimately 7-5 over Fakuda and Yamachkine. They took it to Pepperdine in that doubles point. And again, just in the biggest moments, I took it to is too broad of a turn. They, they won the biggest moments definitively in this match. And then, you know, we get to the singles and you look overall, Cal takes a 6-2 first set at one. They take a 6-3 first set at two. They take a 6-2 first set at five, a spot when Katja Wearsholm, who has just been so lights out for Cal thus far, they were halfway home. But this was the first time we saw Pepperdine start to look like Pepperdine. And I had this discussion with uh, Mycation on our broadcast, and we talked about it with Pete Billingham in our interview afterwards. I still don't think Pepperdine's playing their best tennis. Like, I still think they have another level to go to. And the fact that they were able to earn this victory, whether it was Fukuda, 266461 over Giovara, Zar, 367565Love over Ivanov, who served for that match up 5 4, lost nine straight games down the stretch. Uh, of course, Nikki Redelick, 632665Love over Villar Moller, or then Janice Chen, finally looking like Janice Chen, 7563 over Rosenquist. Cal played great, but I want to talk about the Pepperdine side first. This the first time they seriously flex this year? Yeah, I mean, particularly after losing the doubles point, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when that happened, and this is why the indoors is so good. We're just gathering these data points, right? And we're starting to calibrate. And, you know, the Pepperdine smoked them in doubles in Malibu, and all of a sudden Cal comes out and, and reverses that here. So to lose the doubles point, lose three first sets, and still come away it felt like they got that early victory from janice chen and then they hung tough and they started rolling away with the end of those second sets and third sets which was where they started to really flex right and you wonder kind of how much of that is due to the fact that cal played a marathon against a&m the day before that's some emotional wins certainly at number six with um uh uh villar moeller like that's going to be a tough one but I think Pepperdine is starting to to find their form. Certainly Janice Chen, uh, you know, obviously no Patch Galeva again today. Uh, they pulled her. She did play yesterday. So it was literally a repeat of Malibu without Patch Galeva. But overall, I was really impressed with the way that they weathered the Cal Storm and, you know, uh, hung really tough in sets two and three. Yeah, you see the immediate improvement. Brodus loses to Villar Moller in straight. She's in a third with Katja Wiersholm. That's the first yeah. time that's happened to Wiersholm. And by the way, I think Pear won the lineup decisions here today. Getting Brodus against Wiersholm, someone who's in her class, and I know that's an intangible thing, and I can't provide you a stat to measure it, although shout out to Colette Lewis, who discussed the history between Brodus and Wiersholm and you know the background that they have. But like for Wiersholm, mentally, Brodus has been the one she's been chasing, or it's always been the two of them at the top of that rankings list. And I just think that introduces an extra element into that matchup that we saw for Savannah Brodus. You know, again, she found a way to problem solve. She found a way to use her forehand, her serve as weapons, disrupt the brilliant lefty game of Katja Wiersholm, who I see so many shades of Arena Kantos in. Like, I think that's Wiersholm a year from now. Um, But, you know, again, 
great decision. And then to play Redelick at six, to pull Pachkaleva, who just didn't look her best yesterday, wasn't quite ready for that environment. You know, fresh legs against a Villar Moeller who played a three-hour singles match yesterday. It was a bet on Janice Chen, a bet that ultimately paid off as she delivered the only straight set result in this one a seven five six three win and just one can only imagine what that does for her confidence moving forward as well of course Chen for those that don't know last year's NCAA semifinalist Vicky Flores got to Vicky around at number three singles the energy the excitement 16 14 first set breaker the bet on Lisa Zar's physicality at two singles winning out ultimately did there's nothing to say but be impressed by Pepperdine and their performance here today. On the flip side, if you're Cal, I don't know. How are you feeling if you're coming out of this matchup? It's uh, a good question. Um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it went as expected, sure. right? Like, w- certainly we, we circled those one and two singles matches as, as leaning Pepperdine, and they kind of went... I mean, that Giovara-Fukuda match went pretty similar to when they played Malibu, with the exception of today. felt like Fukuda just started pulling away. I actually thought it was nice a good run. performance. Oh, there you go. Um, I thought it was a good performance from Ivanov. Uh, to, to, I mean, she lost, like, what, one and two, two and two against Lisa Zar last time they played. So that was a, a good performance. And so you feel like you had chances there, but I don't know if that's where you expected to get the victories. Ultimately, I think you feel okay, and I think what will be more important for this Cal team is how they bounce back tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be the big, the bigger test, I think. I'm going to give you the glass half full take. I actually think this is a massive win if you're Cal, and I know they lost the match, <laughs> but you look for this Cal team. You already beat Pepperdine once this year, and you were going to get everything that they had from an energy perspective, and Pepperdine was loud in this match. Vicky Flores was letting Nikki Redelick know all the way down on six. She was letting, you know, uh, Lisa Zarno on the other bank of courts on two, and anytime she heard anything out of Shiori Fukuda, there was a constant line of communication there just across courts there, and Cal took their biggest punch and very nearly with withstood it and like again you got a lot of El Sola freshman she was right there with Vicky Flores from a level perspective from an energy perspective Brodus Weirsholm it was a toss-up and ultimately that's all you can ask for Katja Weirsholm in the biggest match against the arguably best opponent don't lose she didn't lose that's, again she was right there as a freshman that's what you want from her Vilder Moeller what if she had one day of rest? And I know she right. won't come to the NCAA tournament, but just again, what if she's a little bit fr- uh, a little bit more fresh in that matchup, say like the day off that comes or the week off, but between the NCAA round of 16 and the quarterfinals and just, you know, again, across the board, they played so much better in dubs today than they did yesterday. And Giovaro was right there and Ivanov was right there. They were right there with arguably the best team, our preseason number one team in the country. They're still extraordinarily young. You're playing this match indoors, which Cal Berkeley, it's illegal to have an indoor tennis court in Berkeley, you know, similarly to Malibu, by the way. And so just to play this match indoors, fish out of water. Um, But Cal was right there. And like, ultimately, I think that's the takeaway to a week from now or four days from now when you're reviewing the tournament, you say, hey, we played, we should have beaten Pepperdine. Like, and you can, I think now you look at this week overall, it's funny. They're one and two, right? They lose to Michigan. Then they survive against A&M. And I actually think today was their best performance. And yet, like today was the one they lost most decisively from a scoreboard perspective. 4-1 here to Pepperdine. Nevertheless. Well, no, that Michigan loss was not yeah. pretty. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the rise in level, right? It's like they actually slowly did. It was like bad against Michigan. Still not great against Texas A&M. Good performance. You played well today. Pepperdine was better, but you played well today if you were yeah. Cal. And so, you know, again, look, Cal's going to have the ultimate bounce back tomorrow. Uh, exactly. As they're going to take on defending NCAA champions in a similarly young University of Texas. And I have to say tonight was the first night we felt the youth of this Texas team. And obviously Texas hasn't played that many matches here this season. But you look at their run last year where, you know, they – 
dropped points to just three teams between the national indoors and the start of the NCAA tournament and just blitzed everyone after that national indoors loss and should have won the national indoor title last year. You're up 6-4-4-1, Charlotte Shavatapan right there, North Carolina, an incredible comeback. Obviously, I'm not taking anything away from them, but if you're Texas, you're coming into this season thinking, well, we shouldn't have lost last year. We won the NCAA championship. We're the team to beat. And certainly there were elements that made them look like the team to beat. Peyton Stearns is that freaking good this year. She is ready to reassert herself as a top five player and played some outstanding ball today. But, I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, first national indoor round of 16, first national indoor quarterfinal. And from start to finish, start to finish, Jay, they were in control of this match. There was maybe a two-minute stretch like from when Stearns won the first set, Collins won the second set, and things were tightening everywhere. You thought, okay, maybe you want to be Texas now. But two minutes was it. And what was, what, a three-hour match, whatever, three-and-a-half-hour match? Oklahoma dominated or dominated. They were in control from start to finish against the number one team in the country. Do you want to take a victory lap? What do you want to do here, Jay? <laughs> no, I already retweeted myself from uh, December. <laughs> That's um, how you know you've made it. Yeah, so you can give me a, you can give me a retweet on that one. But yeah. no, I mean, look, I've been high on this Oklahoma team for a while, and you know, just to to double down on some of these results, right? First time they've beaten Texas since two thousand three. Second time in history that they've beaten Texas. First time they've ever beaten the number one team in the country. So the accolades are just quickly you know just quickly rising for this Oklahoma squad and I mean they took it to Texas right and you look for that you know that doubles point I mean I thought the Corley sisters looked really strong out uh, out of the gate and I thought both Shanta and Staker both freshmen that was an all freshman battle at number three at number three doubles and Oklahoma got the better of them and then you were going to wonder right where does Texas bounce back and you're right that it was like a two minute window. It might have even been less. I feel like it was like a red zone switch. Let's go to court. Well, you know? Here's what it was. It was Stearns took the first set at one. Collins had yeah. already by then pretty much taken the second set at two. Rapolo, uh, excuse me, had taken the first set at six, and like they were training breaks there. But you're like, ah, they've got Megan. They'll they've got Malika. Excuse me, they'll be fine. Um, and then they weren't. And then like yeah. very quickly they weren't. Yeah. Um, oh, and right. you know what it was? It was Shavatapan and Zinalova had forced breakers. And it was like, okay, like Texas is going to yep. take these breakers and then they'll be in control. You're right. It was the like, um, it was Shavatapan and um, Zinalova because I think both yeah. Corley and, and Shanta got out to a pretty quick start. Yes. And then they both kind of got it back. Um, I mean, look, we, we, I mean, what is, what a performance for the Corleys. I think, you know, Coach Cohen talked about it in, in the interview you guys did at the end there where Ivana Corley took a bet on this program, right? And this is kind of the, the the payoff, if you will, to have this sort of victory. She and her sister get both doubles victories and wins at two and three over, you know, the superstar freshman from last year in Kylie Collins and Charlotte Shavathapan. And then to have a freshman in Emma Staker get a win over, while only a, a year older, but a much more seasoned in college tennis, um, Rapalu, uh, you, you couldn't ask for a better performance from Oklahoma. I'll be honest. I thought they would beat Texas this season. Mm-hmm. I thought it might take them a few tries, but Vega did it out of the gate. So huge credit to the Sooner program. If I, 2017 and 18, Alex, would say out, Camora in Shanta because you know there's only room for one two-handed forehand in college tennis and all due respect to you Riley Tran oh my god like the way Shanta drives the ball off of both wings and like again for Staker who's just a freaking rock yeah six like just she you're gonna have to drag her off the court and you know that's the attitude for this Oklahoma team it's just they believe And I was telling Mike this. I don't remember if I said it on the broadcast or if I said it when we were just speaking privately. But I said the scariest part about this Oklahoma team is they have the belief. But do they have the confidence to think, oh, wait, like let's let's roll these guys? I actually think we saw that confidence tested. And, of course, if you watch the broadcast, you know across courts. 
break after break after break after break. The first, what, six games of the third set in Collins versus Corley at two were breaks. And then Collins goes up love 40 only to see uh, Corley hold. And, like, that was the match because ultimately she takes a 6-3 decision. And, you know, Peyton Stearns doesn't hold serve down until, you know, 3-5 uh, or whatever in the – in the second set and then ultimately gets the break for four or five and then does, is able to hold serve and close out that match. But just, you know, the Corley blowing of Ivana Corley blowing that lead to Shavatapan. What was she up five, two at the number, first set at number three singles. And again, same deal with Shanta yep. who was up big and Zanalova uh, ends up forcing that back as well. Uvrutsky, Pisareva, that third, uh, second set, what a mess that was. I will say this, it was a day, you know, tracking it wise and from a tennis perspective, there was definitely some slop here, but that epitomizes the rivalry. And I think that epitomizes the nerves that we saw from both teams. But in particular, it's worth remembering the oldest player in the Texas lineup is a sophomore. Again, Stearns, sophomore, Collins, sophomore, Shavatapan, sophomore. That's your top three. Now, maybe you're thinking, oh, don't worry, we've got that rock, that veteran at four, five, six. No, they don't. Zainalova, freshman. Uvrutsky, freshman. Uh, you know, Rapalu, sophomore. Like, yeah, Rapalu was really good last season. And after she took that first set 6-4, you probably thought, all right, we got six. But I think it's just a credit to this OU team who, yeah, the freshmen look great in Shanta and Staker. But the Corleys, veterans, proved as much in their performances today. Sleeth fought for everything. And just by not letting Peyton Stearns put a quick point on the board to make it one up, prevented that momentum for as long as possible. And then... Again, Pisa Raven, Staker just grind. There's a balance to this lineup, and they're still missing Dana Guzman. Like, come on. It's just like, how can you not be OU? They've beaten Duke on the road. They've beaten Princeton. They've beaten Texas. They've beat – they've just – they've just – they haven't lost. They're, yeah. They are that good. Yeah, I mean so much there. I think one thing that probably didn't – didn't. Yeah, sorry. Come- I've got my monologues <laughs> down. You got those down. Um, let me Let me go – bullet by bullet okay. dare i say um uh, for i don't think the like breaks came through on the broadcast as maybe as much as it did on like in person just because as we're jumping around it's tough to keep track of like who's breaking who i do think certainly the the tension certainly i think a few of the um you know shanta i can think of some of those misses late in that first set you felt like there was some tension there same with ivana corley but look they won those first sets, right? And they were playing, you know, you know, a Texas team that could have easily, they were right there in the, uh, in those first sets. So I thought, hey, credit to them. They they pulled away there. So I thought that was more impressive, uh, the fact that, hey, they weren't playing their best tennis. They still pulled those through. Yeah, that's, listen to the words you just said. They weren't, OU was not playing their best tennis and they beat Texas. Yeah. Like, I also think it's fair to say Texas was not playing their best tennis. And again, sure. what, what's scary is this Texas team is this good already, and it's not May yet. Give all those freshmen a Big 12 season to get acclimated to the college tennis environment. Let Zinolova, Vrutsky, you know, play uh, 50 deuce points between now and May and see how much better they are come then. Also, I want to see this matchup outdoors as much as I wanted to see it indoors. And I want to see how those game styles translate. Is Sleeth going to have more success outdoors at one? Ditto for Shavatapan at three. I do think if you're Texas... Shavatapan's now lost back-to-back days, three losses for her here to start the season. I'm not saying she doesn't have the game to play the number three singles position, but I think we can acknowledge she's not playing her best. That said, again, this match, OU was in control from start to finish. Now, there were moments where you felt, are they trying to lose it? But ultimately, it was the fight they showed where it was just, you know, yeah, that was sloppy, but let's just bounce. It was the short memories and the continued tenacity, continued to energy. And I've credited Pepperdine. I got to credit OU as well. You could hear them everywhere. Everyone was letting everyone know what was happening. And Coach Cohen said it in our post-match interview. It's something we say here on our podcast all the time. Talent in the end, all these teams, it's marginal the differences. It's the team that loves each other most, that sticks together in the end. I know that's anecdotal and cliche, but everyone's forehand's good. Everyone's backhand's good. Who's confident in executing in the biggest moments? This Texas uh, or excuse me, this Texas team isn't quite there yet, but this Oklahoma team is ready. They believe in one another. They have the confidence now. You look at this Pepperdine Oklahoma match again. 
via the scoreboard, I mean, 4-1 for Oklahoma, 4-1 for Pepperdine, just wasn't the case. These matches, extraordinarily physical for both teams. And, you know, again, the mental hurdle of getting over that Texas hump. Can you keep your level up? Can you keep that desperation up that we saw throughout this match? And certainly all of these players, the adrenaline rush for three hour, that's probably the bigger come down than the actual physical layoff. Match calculus, preview, key spots. What you got for me, Jay? So before I get into that um, question, you you tweeted out the great video of Alana Smith. Uh, Is Dana Guzman in the building? I haven't looked that closely. I think so, yes. The truth is I've been so consumed with who's playing where. Do we have a lineup switch that I need to let someone know about? Uh, I I do think she is in the building, though, because Oklahoma came rolling deep with a solid squad this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, that is extremely notable that you have two of these teams making their first national indoor semifinals in NC State in Oklahoma, both without a player who would be playing top three. Right in these lineups. And so credit to these teams. They have found the pieces. And as you as you mentioned, Oklahoma now faces, you know, they they knocked off the national champion last year. Now they get a shot at the NCAA finalist. I think this is another close one. Look, I gotta go OU and dubs. They have found an answer in dubs all season. We have seen seen the Houdini act both at Duke. We have seen them come through today against Texas. I've been impressed with them and the ability to find answers. So first and foremost, I, I got to go OU and dubs. When you get to singles, this, the spots I think I would lean Sooners is at three with Ivana Corley over Flores, who has not looked that strong to start the season. She's fought really well, but she's not playing well. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's good. Um <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I guess it's to say I get why you're saying that. I would be – sorry. Go on. I'm uninterrupted. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I have Ivana Corley at three and then Emma Staker at six. I just don't know how you bet against her. I don't know who's going to play six here for Pepperdine, right, if Patch Glaive is in, if she's out. That could depend whether we see uh, Brodus or um, Redelick. But, look, on paper you might not lean Staker against any of those but I've just seen her come up so big in these matches, like whether it was Duke or against Texas, that I just got to give her the advantage here at, at six. But that's only three points. And so when I look at the singles lineup, I, I lean Pepperdine at one, two, four, and five. Yeah, it's – I mean, here's the thing. Shonda played really well today. There is a, The difference being, though, today was freshman versus freshman. And I do yep. think tomorrow, you know, she's taking on Janice Chen, NCAA semifinals. I actually think that helps Shonda. She could play a little bit more freely. There's a little bit less pressure in that matchup because, again, from an expectation standpoint on paper, you just mentioned it, I think Chen would be considered the favorite. And certainly the way she's played at this event, I don't disagree with that assessment either. Um, but I do think that helps Shonda in one respect. On the flip side, I think Flores is actually a great – I think, like, I think the Corley matchup is the perfect matchup for Vicky Flores. Like just again, the the simplicity of it and just she's not going to have to generate as much pace on her own. She's not going to have to generate as many angles on her own. You know, she's going to be in defensive positions. I actually think that's when she's at her best is when she gets to improv from there as opposed to the set plays. But yeah, like I mean, Czar versus Corley at two. That's just going to be a blast. And like, it's such a fun contrast of styles. Yeah, exactly. Fakuda versus uh, Sleeth at one. Let's just set the clock two and a half hours. And if that match, you know, <laughs> will it finish? Who knows? I agree with you. Sleeth has been so good at six, and you just don't know what Pepperidon's going to do at six. Staker. Oh, uh, Staker. Thank you. That's a Sleeth. Thank you. Yep. Staker at six has been so good. Five is interesting because if it's Brodus. She's played back-to-back three-cent matches, is still a freshman, uh, obviously here for Oklahoma. I mean, Pisareva, uh, it's going to be really good, man. It's going to yeah. be really freaking good. I mean, I have both of these matches as 4-3. Like, how how can you bet against Oklahoma when they, if they win a doubles point, right? Like, they're up 1-0. They beat, it, they beat Duke up 1-0. They beat Texas up 1-0. Right. Uh, no, it's 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 tough, right? But if, if any team is going to do it, right? But look, this is what Coach Cohen is talking about, right? You look at a lot of these Oklahoma players on paper, they are not favored to beat this Pepperdine team. I guarantee you, if, if you went through these UTRs, heavy advantage Pepperdine, but that's why you play the matches. There is something 
clearly special about this team. They are clearly, you know, jiving together. And I think they're going to come out just as excited and energetic and hungry for more than they did today against Texas. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. And obviously, again, that said, you're picking Pepperdine. I got to. I had a Pepperdine UNC final in the uh, in the beginning, so I, I I went through the match calculus. I've got four in the Pepperdine column. So, yeah. Well, your calculus has been pretty accurate thus far. What are you? Twelve and one in main, or excuse me, eleven and one in your twelve main draw matches. I want to say the only one you got wrong: A and M versus Cal. I believe. Uh, so. I, Did you pick well, Georgia yesterday? No, I picked NC State to beat Georgia. NC State. Um, picked, no, was, oh, no, you didn't pick Texas. I didn't. That's what I, it is. Yeah, I, yeah. Duh. In, in the in the high level, like you know, meta yeah. aspect, I've been Oklahoma. But in this, <laughs> yet yesterday, I did pick Texas. Oh, I said you didn't pick Oklahoma, but you picked Oklahoma. I that was that was the hedge, though, right? 100%. Like I can still claim victory. You studied well in the school of Gruskin, my friend, with that <laughs> hedge. All right. With all of that said. There were four fantastic other consolation results. Ohio State, 4-3 over Florida. You should have seen Coach Shop's face when I got the chance to chat with her briefly afterwards. She's like, oh, thank effing God. Um, Auburn, 4-1 over Washington. Sorry, Coach. That was a 12 That was probably off the record. That was a 12-50. Leave it in. It's fine. Um, Auburn, 4-1 over Washington. A&M, 4-1 over Old Dominion. USC survives 4-3 over Wisconsin, but what a fight there from Wisconsin. Looked great in doubles and you know a lineup switch there. That was pretty interesting as well. Floor is yours. Take it away, Jay. Well, I thought that Ohio State was, that was a great victory for them over Florida. I think we leaned slightly just the indoor experience. You're right, um, but the Florida doubles points the most exciting thing in tennis right now. They're looking really strong in doubles. Five two down, five one down. They come back to take the doubles point against Ohio State. Are you kidding me? Yeah, super impressive. Actually, weather that storm and and end up taking it four singles. Pretty impressive. Um, there are some good matches tomorrow as well in this kind of section. Um, the biggest question for me was Starbuck Save. It didn't play for injury. ODU injury. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't wait. have a specific injury. Okay. I just it was again, it was a we can't play her. And again, she's played so many Florida, Miami, you know, so many. Yeah. It was just like we can't. Yeah, I think that's just such a bummer for ODU being in their first national indoors. So and then USC, right? I, this has kind of been, you know, a tough, tough tournament for them, you know, for Selma Ewing Ewing to lose today, to escape a four three win. I mean, lucky they got the win, but I just think this path to the path to victory is narrowing for me um, for them to continue to be successful. I think you have a few teams in this bucket where they have a really strong top of the lineup and there's just more of a precipitous fall off at four five and six USC certainly falls in that category. So it'll be interesting to see what they do tomorrow. I cannot wait for USC, Texas A&M though. We see the Trojans respond, but maybe my sneaky favorite six thirty match. And I kind of hope it's on our broadcast courts is ODU versus Wisconsin. Because what is going to happen in that match if Star of Seva doesn't play? That's a yeah. It's a and, it's a pick'em. Yeah, and then you're if, if Star of Seva doesn't play and Wisconsin gets the win, it's five straight losses for ODU. Yeah. By the way, Florida Washington, one of those teams is going to go zero and three, which was not. I mean, if you told Roland he was going to go zero and three before this tournament, he'd be like, no chance, no chance. He feels very good about his group, and I just yeah, I, I would be shocked. To see them, uh, you know, no disrespect to Washington, who I thought actually played pretty well today. I, again, I don't think their score lines have been reflective of their efforts. It was closer than the four-one uh, would have indicated today against Auburn, but like again, Florida is desperate here for a win. Yeah, and and I think they do. I got to go Ohio State and Florida in those nine a.m. matches. That Virginia Georgia match is going to be super interesting. Georgia's going to be a little beaten up. Um, so who you got? I'm going to lean everything. <laughs> okay. All right. I got Ohio state. I got Florida. Give me the who's uh, to get the victory over Georgia revenge match for the round of 16 Cal, Texas. <laughs> uh, give me Texas to kind of salvage this tournament. ODU, Wisconsin. If, o- if star would save it doesn't play. Eh, I still think ODU gets the victory here. And then Texas A&M, USC. I'm going Texas A&M. I just can't believe. It's such a shame that one of these teams goes winless because everyone's played really well here at the start. And again, parody, the name of the game uh, yep. throughout the course of the weekend. 
It's been fantastic. Fantastic tennis through our first 48 hours of action. And again, we'll pick up all of our coverage tomorrow as we kick off our broadcast, 9 a.m. Central Time. As you mentioned, Ohio State, Auburn, Florida, Washington will carry on through quarter uh, semifinal number one at UNC, NC State at noon, Pepperdine, Oklahoma, 3.30. Of course, we've got the 6.30 session at night as well. All of the coverage, first ball to last tomorrow, available on our Cracked Records YouTube channel. Myself, Mike Cation. Daniel Westoff steering the ship. Of course, you'll get to see the lovely comments of John J. Parsons throughout the day. I got locked project. out today. Oh no! What did <laughs> you do? They flagged me for spam or something. Oh, um, no. But that's fine. You probably name dropped someone inappropriate, or just no. I don't know what you could. You know what that is? <laughs> you know who gets? You know who gets? You know who gets blocked? Curmudgeons. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> makes that much. That's what you did for stuff. You know what it was? Is I saw you step out on me with Joey Dillon. I was crushed. crushed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when I got banned. I'm like, YouTube why chat. didn't you ask me to double up? You don't think I could broadcast in Twitter Live or whatever it's called at the same time? You're crazy. No, you, you can only podcast and tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, triple threat: podcast, tweet, and text. Yeah, that's true. I no, think the Twitter space would be too much. First of all, it's not even podcast and tweet. It's podcast and read tweets because I'm always afraid when podcasting that I'm going to miss out on some piece of news. Anyways. With all of that said, again, we will be back tomorrow with to continue our coverage. A shout out, as always, to Super Producer Daniel Westoff for the job he does on the ones and twos and days in, days out here on this show. A shout out to our friends at Tennis Point as well. Tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. By the way, if you're still listening, pro updates, I swear, going to come hopefully on Tuesday. Haven't watched a lick, but eventually I will. I know Isner Opelka did something that made people something. Um, it had yeah. nothing on Flores also, I'll tell you that's, that. That's what I'm you're a man after my heart, Jay. So with that said, for my fantastic co-host, John J. Parsons, our super producer, Danny Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here, both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I am your host, Alex Gruskin. Jay, what do we tell the people? That's the break. And we will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you, as always, my friend. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you.